we're back, Jeremy. It's like, did the blip happen? Ooh, like a like a snap? Was there a snap? I don't know. I hope there wasn't a snap. But before we get into anything, I have a really important question that I've been thinking about all week. Jeremy, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Really bendy thumb. Go on. No reason. That was actually something a buddy of mine in high school used to always say. That was like, I wish I had a superpower like really bendy thumb. And you just like set that up. And I, I was like just sitting there waiting to be said. So if my literal oldest friend in the world ever listened to this podcast, Clayton, that was for you. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I've been thinking about what I would want and what I would want to be able to do is I would want to like magically appear people at any given moment. Appear people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want to be able to like be like all of a sudden be like wham and have however that person I'm thinking of be with me in that moment right now. Now the question though, it's a good it's a good power, but you know, with great power comes what a bus ticket home like how do, do you can you disappear people or just bring them in oh that's a good point i don't know if i've thought this all the way through let's find out wham sam sitting next to you right now what's up sam what uh hi <laughs> <laughs> so can you just like magic people into existence have i never existed before or do you like teleport them from somewhere to another place so it's more teleporty than it is existency um, I didn't think it all the way through, Jeremy. It's a good question. I can't send you back, so now you have to stay here for the duration of the podcast. So, Sam, welcome to the Lo-Fi Top 5. Ah, uh, really? I'm stuck here, I guess. <laughs> for those who have here heard many of our episodes, Sam is my son, and we talk a lot about movies. We watch a lot of movies together. And I have to say, when we go see movies now, I have noticed that Sam's observations on movies is a lot more um, reminiscent of like how critics look at movies. He's got a lot more knowledge and insight into how storytelling works and has expressed interest in uh, participating in the old, the old cast here once in a while. So we decided to bring him in. Yeah. Uh, that sounds pretty true. <laughs> so uh -huh. I'm, I'm excited today because we're, we're going to do a different top five. And I'm most excited because we're going to really, so we're now spanning three generation gaps. So we've got Gen X with Jeremy. I'm a fringe millennial, but mostly a millennial. And Sam is firmly in Gen Z. Yes? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so, so what, <laughs> yeah, oh, boomer hurts millennials hearts. Although Jeremy's definitely a boomer. So I'm that being, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure you're a boomer. Uh, so we're going to do top five Marvel, but we're going to do something completely different because in having a conversation about this, Jeremy, I think we both agreed that like just ranking your top five favorite Marvel movies, first of all, played out like everybody's done it. Uh, second of all, I think it's a pretty short list, right? I think so. My, my hunch is that there's like eight ish to really play with. So, and fully agree. And I think the thing to do right now is so the, the MCU is it, we're at 25 movies, right, Sam? Uh, 24, 25. 24, 25. Yeah. And with many more coming this year. So many more. So we're going to maybe at the end of the year hit the top five as a real topic. But JT, why don't you tell us what we are up to this fine day? So instead of doing the five movies, we're going to do five individual categories. And each of the three of us is going to give our number one entry. So what that means is that means no Shawshanks. We're going to skip sort of the guessing game because, again, we're working from a known 24, 25 movies. Uh, but 
we're going to try to like kind of flow through this and make it a little faster, a little more fun because there's three of us. And because I actually really do think the generational gap is going to be super interesting here to see what we remember. So I'm going to quickly, do we want to give everybody all the categories or should we surprise everybody? What do you guys want to do? I think we reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we could, yeah, we could surprise them. (laughs) He likes the surprise. Let's do it. Let's, Let's reveal one at a time. So we'll do one category at a time. This week, it's my turn to go first. Yeah? 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's a question. I said that like a statement, but Jeremy knows I actually have no idea. It's my turn, right? Never. No. I, we, have, <laughs> we have multiple documents to check on. There's, I think there's an automated text he gets every Thursday morning, and yep. still we ask the question live because, you know, that's just how we do. Yeah. The, the amount of work I don't do for this podcast is truly astounding. Uh, all right. So we're going to start with... Best mid or mid end credit scene. So it doesn't have to be the last, last one because multi, multiple of them have multiple end credit scenes. So anything that happened after the curtain dropped. Right. All right. Yep. I'm going to go first. And I think this is easy. This is the easiest one, I think, by far for me of the five we selected. I'm going with the Avengers, the original one. 2012 and the shawarma scene. The shawarma scene is tight. It's so good. It's so good. And the reason it's so good is because there's so little happening. Like visual, like it's just so under the radar as to why it's happening. Um, There is cool trivia about it because they actually filmed that last part where Hulk, oh, by the way, should have started with this spoiler alert for the rest of the episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like there's no, there's, there's nothing like we're not keeping anything under the covers. But that said, we won't spoil anything about Shang-Chi because it is the newest and many people haven't seen it yet. We may well talk about it, but we will do so in a non-spoilerish way. Exactly. Okay. It I'm is definitely. really good though. You should watch it. I'm excited. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm behind too. I didn't see Black Widow yet and I've got to see Shang-Chi and I really want to. So that's on my list. I didn't get to do it before this. But shawarma scene. So that particular ending, they filmed like six different versions of Hulk bringing him down. And the first thing that Tony said, like they kind of improv a lot of that. And they picked what was ultimately not the most interesting. Like he like asked if anybody kissed him. He had like all these other fun lines that he did. And this one didn't make sense until they decided to do the end credit scene where they're all sitting in what basically looks like a papaya dog and just like eating together quietly. And that quiet, I actually think, said volumes because they're tired and they just saved the world. And I love this idea of humanizing all of these heroes where Tony wanted Shwarma and they got it. And it's just like their job is done. And I think it's so cool. I agree. It's it's if you've ever watched like people finish like a marathon, it's like they're all rocking around in those foil, foil cape things <laughs> yeah. and like eating cliff bars and not yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. The job is done. We did our job. It's over now. Uh, So yeah, this one, I'm I'm going shawarma scene for sure. Um, Of the other ones that I thought about, this one just to me immediately floated to the top. Yeah, exactly. I think it also shows that like, they've kind of bonded over the experience of saving the world. Uh, They're going all for shawarma together. So yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. It's, um, it's, it was a great way to end the Avengers. And it also set up, Stan, to your point, I think it beautifully set up the fact that there was going to be more of this and that they like, but without like 
hammering the point home like they did in certain other end credit scenes where it was like, oh, okay, I get it. So-and-so's coming or this, this thing's going to happen. This was just like they're eating and they're friends now. <laughs> it shows how they've moved from just a bunch of heroes to Avengers. Yeah, there she is. Well it's done. all about the shawarma. All about the shawarma. All right. So in keeping with trying to move things along, we're going to go, Sam, what is your best end or mid-end credit scene? Hmm. It is probably, uh, I'd say the end of Ant-Man, I think it is, when um, you see Sam say, I know a guy to Bucky. <laughs> it just kind of ties it all together. That's a great one. That's uh, that's the setup for is that for Winter Soldier? Civil War. For Civil, Civil War. War, yeah. When he goes to Wakanda, yeah. And uh, Civil War is really the like the best team up movie I'd say before Avengers Infinity War. It brings them all together. Nice. That's great. Nice. My pick. So I'll be honest. I have a few. The shawarma was my first. Shawarma was my first choice. Um, I think I think I'm gonna sort of stay on the silly tone for a second. And you know, format wise for this week, we are gonna give each other a chance to like throw in a few nods to other ones we like a lot. So with Shorma out of the way, I think my true favorite scene that is left is um actually from the 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 Winter Soldier where you see the early scenes of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Mm. They're in there like holding cells and they're sort of bouncing off the walls. I felt that was the most um, prelude to the MCU's growth. And I thought that was an interesting one because before that point, they had all been a bit more whimsical or a bit, or, or very specific to like the Ant-Man setup and things that were like, this thing is going to happen. This was a lot more at the time, like, was this, did this mean the X-Men were coming? We didn't know, right? Are X-Men coming? How are they doing Quicksilver? Because he's already been in the X-Men uh, EU or whatever that was being called. Um, <laughs> you know, it shows that there's still more of Hydra out there. Like, I thought it was a really clever setup. Whereas, like, a lot of the ones before that point hadn't left you waiting to see a character or a scene or something like that. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. Uh, for Sorry for the, I think... Sam's pick kind of did the same thing, right? Which is, which is like, yeah. it's a good, it's a setup without overt setup. Like right. so there's, there's subtlety in it. Um, and the Scarlet Witch, if I remember that scene, right? Like she's like playing with like, she's like just levitating things and it ends with her like exploding it into a wall or something. And you're just like, Oh boy, that's intense. Yeah. Like, which is dope. Like that's a lot of fun. It also, uh, it sets up for that. It sets them up for age of Ultron where they're at. They actually start as like, enemies which i just think is an interesting uh idea yeah it's a fun character arc all right so as jeremy alluded to we can't really do contender pong this week but we are going to do like a light contender pong which is gentlemen is there anything in end credit scene that like we nobody mentioned that we feel like we absolutely have to let's start with sam uh i know you haven't seen it yet but the shang chi end credit scene was Really good. Uh, yeah, I can't say much more. No, <laughs> like, we'll just say, like, if you're going to see Shang-Chi, stay for the credits. Because yeah. both of them, the mid and post, are both worth it. Okay. Um, my first nod, I, I do want to mention a couple, but my first nod, uh, again, for more of a serious note, is actually Iron Man 1. And I, I went reading about this today. 
So it's the first time we see Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Yep. It's the reveal that S.H.I.E.L.D. is the name and they've fixed their weird acronym issue. Uh, what I didn't know until today was that scene was filmed on the Lark. Like, they did not know that they were doing the MCU at that time. They had they had done a version of Stan... Um, not Stan Lee, sorry. They had done a version of Nick Fury in the comics with Samuel Jackson in mind as him. Like, they basically made a Nick really? Fury, Sam Jackson style. Oh, that's and awesome. so when they got him to do it, uh, it was obviously a big win and set us off on, on the on the course we're on today. But I thought it was really cool that they basically filmed it without having any idea of what was to come. That's amazing. It's like talking about a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Sam Jackson is like a really great. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. So I that one I had just because it sets up the entire universe. So that was exciting. The only other one that I want to bring up quickly is Iron Man 3. Uh, the Mark Ruffalo therapist scene made me laugh so hard because it's just Tony telling the story. Do you remember that scene? It's a mid- That's where he falls asleep, right? He falls asleep and he goes, did you just miss all that? He's like, what did you, when did you miss? And he goes back to the very beginning. And then it's just, it's just Ruffalo going, I don't have the temperament for this, <laughs> which is just like such a fun little silly joke as a mid credit scene. So yeah, that's my only, that's my only contender. Nice. Any others for you, Sam? Uh, not that I can think of. All right. I got two quickies, um, both from the Spider-Man movies, actually. The first one in the first Spider-Man where you have the Captain America giving you the, uh, the speech about patience. He's like, but sometimes, you know, waiting around might not get you rewarded the way yeah. you want. And, How many of these yeah. are we doing today? <laughs> yeah. So that was good. And from the one I think that gave me the most sort of chills uh, the J. Jonah Jameson reveal in Far mm-hmm. From Home, mm-hmm. where you've got J.K. Simmons coming back, yeah. was, I mean, he was so perfect. He was one of the most perfectly cast comic book um, um, characters to screen. Yeah. So bringing him back was such a great nod. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the next Spider-Man movie that played yeah. this year. I'm actually really excited for Spider-Man. Uh, okay, let's keep moving. So we're going to move. Sam, you're going to start this one. And this t- this character, we're going to go with our favorite side character. All right. Uh, my top pick is Nebula. Ooh. Oh. Oh. All right. Unexpected. That's yeah. A, let's... I had a note for what I thought you'd do, Sam. That was not the one I thought you'd pick. Let's really? go, Sam. That's uh, a good one. Well, I think she's uh, very dynamic, especially like of the Guardians. Uh she starts as like a child Thanos and um, hating Gamora uh, for a very like reasonable action. Uh, she's kind of tortured by Thanos and like we're turned her into a robot, literally uh, as Gamora kind of betrayed her and like, yeah. Whereas they're really uh, Nebula and Gamora's, relationship kind of forms into a sisterly relationship uh, eventually. And yeah. This is a great pick. I'm like, I'm embarrassed to admit that it never crossed my mind. And it's actually a really, really, really solid entry because she does have a really cool story arc. Yes. I agree. Especially with, especially with her uh, role in Endgame. Mm -hmm. It was like much bigger than I expected. Yeah. Same, same. That's great. Yeah. Good call. Nice one. Uh, well, this it's interesting because I'm, I'm debating if I would change. I, I think I'm going to keep my pick. And 
I, I actually, again, I have way too many for the category. Same. You know, it's sort of like a regular episode for us, JT. I always have more to talk about than I want, nor than I can. But I've, I've decided that for today, I'm actually picking Happy. Hmm. Happy Hogan. Wow. Hogan? It's Hogan, yeah. right? Hogan. Yeah. Interesting. And I'll tell you why. I thought about this a lot. And, and, and when I start talking about my alternates after, after the first round, I think it might be more clear. I've decided that after seeing all the movies I have, that Happy actually has a bit of growth and arc to him, right? He starts off as, you know, Stark's right-hand man. And over the course of the different movies, from he's in the Iron Man series, he's also in the Spider-Man series, and he also has a couple nods in the end, in the Avengers series, that he does stuff. And, and he has his own ambition and wants. You know, in Spider-Man Homecoming, he's almost like, Peter's foil, right? Like he's he's yeah. getting he's in Peter's way a lot. You know, you could ar- almost argue that half that movie wouldn't have happened if he had simply taken one of Peter's calls, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but if we go back to Iron Man two, he saves the day by bringing the be- briefcase suit to Tony. That's right. And I gotta say, I'm swayed by the fact that it is John Favreau, and he's so responsible for so much of the MCU's sure. goodness. Sure. And as an actor and as a person, I like him. So I, I, I think my decision-making was possibly a little blended from that. I did just rewatch Rudy, so there getting a little more Favreau treatment was, was <laughs> probably a factor. Mandalorian. And, yeah, and what he's doing for Star Wars. I mean, he is the Kevin Feige of Star Wars as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue. Happy's an interesting one. Uh, also not on my radar, but for different reasons. Um, the Favreau effect is real. Uh, yeah. The guy also makes a, a hell of a Cuban sandwich. Uh, he's just like, he's great. Um, Happy is very interesting. I do like that he, yeah, he does have like, he goes through phases. There's a lot of, yeah, this is interesting. I like Happy. I would not, I did not think of that. So far, I'm 0 for 2 on Toman picks. Like I didn't have either of these even in my wheelhouse. Uh, and when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, it's going to make perfect sense for you, Jeremy, because you know me. What's up, Sam? Uh, just to finish on the Happy thing. I agree. I like it never crossed my mind because he seems so um, he's just kind of ordinary compared to the rest of the Avengers. And I think it is interesting how like Tony does need a friend and someone who'd like to help him. He's yeah a more important character than you realize. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, it's a really good point. Like I'm, I'm actually thinking about it now going and I will say, I love that you call them ordinary. Cause I think that's it. Right. I think he stands he doesn't stand out because like everyone else is so dynamic, but Jeremy, you're right. Like he has a couple pivotal things that happen that don't happen in the universe without him being a part of it. That's cool. That's a really good pick. Thanks man. I did just rewatch far from home with, uh, with my oh, other nice. son. And so watching, seeing happy and also the whole, like the little romance with him and, and Aunt May is fun. Yeah, it is. But like, he, you know, his little speech to Peter about like, there is no other Iron Man. There is no other Tony Stark. It's important, you know, yeah. and he does carry some of the emotional, he creates some of the emotionalness of Endgame, I think, in a lot of ways. I, so. I think that's really fair. It's a great pick. It's a great Thanks, pick. Man. What you got? Uh, so very much on brand. Uh, both of you went like really intelligent and uh, I didn't. Uh, I'm going with Korg from Ragnarok. Because that was one of the two I guessed for you, buddy. I, I, yeah. I had two guesses for you. So Taika Waititi, anything he does, I'm in. Um, I also happen to like, I have a couple of, of people in my life who are Maori who are like from New Zealand and like, it's just such a, 
they're rock people. Like you just meet these like enormous, enormous people. And then they talk like this and they're very friendly and they're just like very kind. And they always have this fun inflection and I just love them. Like, I just like, there's just so much fun. And Korg oddly does play like a, a meaningful role in that film. And I know he's coming sure. back. Uh, and I don't know. I just thought the idea of, so he has a, one of my other, which I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So one of the other people I thought about was Drax in the same kind of way, right? Like meaningful, sure. but comic relief. And that's clearly what exactly. Korg is. But in Ragnarok, they're all funny. Like there was nobody that didn't have comic beats because it's a Taika Waititi movie. So in thinking about Korg, I was like, no, you know what? Like actually, yeah, he has like some of the best one-liners. Like when he says that you don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. Like he has all these little moments that like really stick with me because he's a rock. And that's really funny. Uh, but he also like helped Thor and like he was a big part of it. Sure. And it's like he's you know, he's a big part of the movie. And I don't think that movie is nearly as successful without that, that storyline. And I'm really excited to see what they do with him. When, when we were debating some of the topics, we had, we had sort of this idea as this category of best side character. We also had the one where it was like, who you'd want to see a spinoff of. Oh. I would watch a six episode Disney plus Korg series with tomorrow. The, with the sidekick. Yes. I don't remember the oh, name. The, Doug? Like, no. It no. could be Doug. No, because no. Doug's dead. It's the yeah, other one. Oh, yeah. Hey, good job, new Doug. No, it's Meyer or Mech. Mech. Something like that. It's something with an M. I know it's an M. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Korg is it's like good, traveling good. the galaxy, meeting meeting like really important people, but not really like thinking that they're important, just as like normal people. That'd be funny. Yeah, I would love to watch like a six episode of how he got onto that planet. Like just get me to that point and then just let his story run off because there's no reason not to. <laughs> Yeah. Or or make a Forrest Gump style show where he's actually been in all the other MCU <laughs> movies, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, and just didn't know how important he was being. Yeah, he's in yeah. all the important stuff. And uh, okay, do we want to do a quick round of of backups? Yeah, let's go, Jeremy. You can start. So first of all, actually, I want to I want to almost pass back over to Sam. So Sam, I'm going to tell you who I thought you would pick. I thought you were going to pick Ned. That did I did think of it, Ned. And Ned's kind of like happy, uh, very, like they're very similar uh, in the role, but I didn't pick him. All right, he's a he's a fun character. My one of my other picks, but a bit sort of slides into comic relief is I really like uh, Luis from Ant Man. He's on my list of like guys that I couldn't possibly put in the top, but he's so good. <laughs> he's so much fun. He pl- he plays the role great. He and again has you know has something to do for kind of a normal person in a superhero world. Michael Pena is so good. That scene when he tells the story is so iconic. It's so iconic. I also really like how he's just always like surprised by all the crazy things they're doing. And it just kind of shows like it is really crazy that he can like turn into an ant. And uh, he's always just so like shocked that they're all ants. And But he's also kind of uh, human and like sees all the normal stuff. Nice. Yeah. I also had uh, Shuri from Black Panther. Oh, yeah. That's great. Um, she was awesome. Um, I assume we're going to see a lot more of her in next year's uh, Wakanda Forever movie. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see more. Yeah, same. Should we uh, move from from nice, nice nice to not so nice? Well, let's see. I was going to say, Sam, do you have anybody? I got one more that I could talk about. Sam, I have, yeah, I have one more too. Yeah, go. Uh, mine was uh, Coulson. Coulson. Oh, oh Coulson. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I just think he's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have much more. Uh, he's no, a great Col- character. Well, Coulson's important too, right? Like as- aside yeah. from the whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, but like he, again, one of those like ordinary people plays a very, very serious role in the actual universe in like a fun way. He's he's in, he was one of the first end credit scenes because yeah. he's in Thor, or no, was he in Captain America when they found Thor's he, hammer? He finds the hammer and they show that in Captain America, yeah. And yeah. he's in Captain Marvel, of course. Right. Of course, uh, yeah. And it looks like they're trying to kind of replace Wong, or him with Wong, uh, with hmm. all the stuff that Wong's appearing in between. Oh, yeah. He's been in like six movies, like from 29, from Doctor Strange to like now, like consecutively. That's an yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting theory there. Like, if we were to say that the that Coulson sort of the glue of phase, like the normal person glue to Phase One of the MCU, Wong is Wong is glue. Wong is the Phase Four. Because yes. we've seen him, we saw we see, we've seen him in the Spider Man trailer, uh, right. and he's obviously going to be in Multiverse of Madness. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in Eternals. That's great. That's a good. Yeah, that's a really really good comp. All right, yeah, so we can keep moving now. Uh, so we're going to go into a less fun, well, I, I think it's more fun, but anyway, uh, we're going to go to best villain with one caveat, no Thanos. No Thanos. Yeah. We just, Thanos off the table, clearly no matter how you skin the cat of what best villain means, the answer is Thanos. Right. So other than Thanos, who's the best villain? And we're going to start with Jeremy. He's like our Shawshank entry. He's like our unofficial Shawshank for the episode, just to kind of keep the lines together. Okay. This is tough because I know I'm stealing from both of you. Like, there's no way. This is is the the thinnest category, I think, overall from MCU movies. Uh, I could be wrong. But for me, I I have three written down with one as my – I just have to go this way. I think the most well-developed, quote, villain is sort of the least villainous – I mean, he's pretty much a bad guy, but you know, his his he he has a compass. You know what I mean? He's not he's just to throw it out there. He's no Dormammu. Okay, okay. so <laughs> I will yeah. go with unfortunately named because quite the obviousness, uh, Killmonger. Yeah, from Black Panther. Oh, I think. Yeah, the hunch I was taking everybody's, but we can we can share. We can all Fine. talk about Killmonger because he's such a good character. Um, he's he's I think. If memory serves, he was the first or possibly... Actually, no, I think it'll be, it was second. Um, Marvel bad guy who's who's clearly a conflicted villain, right? He's not there just for power or glory or money or pride. He believes in his cause. He's flawed, right? He's a crazy person because his way of, of achieving his goals isn't necessarily the best. But he stands for something, and it's complicated, Right. And and they deal with it in, I think, a really respectful manner. Like it's not like it's almost like the good guys storyline, you know, gets a little bit of a heat check here. Right. It's like, hey, maybe what and and has impact. Right. Like that's that's the most amazing thing about what Killmonger does is he actually succeeds you know, in 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 a in a better version of what he was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to uh I honestly forget her name. The enemy, the uh, the enemy in the Falcon in the Winter Soldier. Uh, oh, I forget her name all the time. It's, um, the girl. Yeah, she is. She's in. Uh, she's in Solo also. 
Uh, I just think it's a, I think it's a great parallel uh, between Killmonger is kind of a better version of her. Uh, She's, uh, she has very similar values in like uh, similar won't stop at anything, but has also an interesting belief that kind of like makes you think. Yeah. It's Carly, by the way. Uh, there we go. Uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Killmonger was on my list, obviously. Uh, I'm going to go... Are you are you sharing that, Sam, or do you have somebody else? I have someone else. Okay, so then I'll go... So it's my turn next. I, I'm going to go with the obvious one for me. I've actually talked about this guy before, and I don't feel bad talking about him again. I'm not going to go too far into it, because I think a lot of people forget that he's a villain, but he's a villain. It's Loki. Nice. From Avengers 1, from Thor 1, from Thor 2. <laughs> Pick your choice. Like, the thing with Loki is, like, I love his character arc. I love that he has become part of the good guy team, question mark. But, like, he's never actually good, right? Like, he always right. is this, like, you know, there's chicanery involved with him, always. And I used him in the Villains You Root For episode, and I didn't want to use him again. Killmonger is my number one, for sure. Uh, and I have one other that I think I could probably go with, but because it's my turn and I can steal Loki just in case Sam was going to use him, I'm going to use him now. Uh, Hiddleston is incredible, uh, but his like, I don't know, there's something about Loki that feels bad even when he's being good, which is good, I think. That's the point. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the point. Yeah. Um, and also every scene that he's in, I think Hiddleston steals so many scenes. Like even that incredible scene in Dr. Strange or was, I think it was actually a, this might've been a mid credit when Strange is sitting down with Thor. No, this is like in the movie and he sends him down and he's just like, he goes through the little portal and he's like, you guys get out of here. And then Hiddleston just drops in and screams. I've been falling for 30 minutes. Like even just that little moment, like that sticks out to me so much from that. That's the opening of Ragnarok, and it was the end credit scene for whatever was right before. Whatever was right before it. Yeah, Yeah. 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 But no, okay. I, I think I want to say that was from Black Panther, but I know I don't think that's right. No, I don't. No, think it wasn't right. But yeah, great choice. Oh, I think it's Doctor Strange actually is where you see that scene. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. But I just yeah. Anyway, Loki to me is you know especially with the television show, which you know we kind of admitted the TV stuff for this, which I think is right because technically it's part of the universe, but we're trying to lean into the movie side. But uh, Loki's so good, and he's a villain. Like he's always somebody's villain, always, and like yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. kind of fun. Whereas. Marvel, because of the superhero thing, often there are just like these, especially in the early movies, the first like eight or 10 that came out, like there was this infallible humans. Everybody wound up having faults over time with like two exceptions. Um, but yeah, I love Loki. Great choice. Yeah. I'm so glad that he has a show and he's getting six more episodes. Yeah. Mine is Vulture uh, from Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's great. Uh, he has a very... Uh, interesting setup in that it's like i don't remember it's it's it has to do with um how the avengers like his building got collapsed because of avengers one like they just destroyed it um and i think it's interesting how like it shows how the avengers all those superhero fights haven't just been good and like especially in like things like civil war where it's not always an enemy it's just like fighting and it's not always it doesn't always end up too good and I like that the tie-in that um, he's obviously Spider-Man. I don't remember her name. The um, not MJ. 
The girlfriend in the yeah, girlfriend I, I was in, trying to remember this before. In yeah. Homecoming. Uh he's her dad. And I just think that's interesting and I'm it's unique to the MCU. Yeah, I think it I think it was a well done it was a well done twist in the in the movie, like the yeah. way they wove it together. Uh, you know, speaking generationally for a moment, for me, just seeing Michael Keaton showing up yeah. in a comic book movie and now as a bad guy and playing it so so well, like he he definitely is the you know he's the um, the Breaking Bad like character, right? He yeah. he he wasn't he's just trying to feed his family, right? He's just he he bought all the trucks or all the gear. Tyne Daly took it all away. He could he could return to um, in Spider Man three. You know, right? he's 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 got to come back. I, you know, because I, like I, he's not dead. Right. He's in prison, so I wouldn't be surprised if he came back, especially with the Spider Man three stuff. Well, I was just gonna say I I love this pick. I I liked him a lot. He was he was on my list too for the reason that I thought he was the most human villain. He has one of the darkest lines I think ever delivered in the MCU when he's in the car and he leans back and he does that like quiet like you know don't mess with me. I will kill ev- I will kill you and everyone you love. Like yeah. that's a really that's a dark line for a Disney movie. And because he's a guy and not some crazy being, it just lands different. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like there's something very real about the, the father of the daughter leaning back who you also know is a villain. Like that I thought was a really thoughtful scene. That scene alone makes him one of my favorite villains. Also Michael Keaton, man. So dope. Michael Keaton. Uh, my notable mention is that is Zemo. Uh, he's a good bad guy in civil war, but he's much better in fucking the Winter soldier. So I didn't feel like I could mention it fully, but that's good. I liked him a lot in Civil War. My biggest issue, it's actually the same topic is my biggest issue with Civil War, is I felt that the the way his plot works is just a little too convenient for me. Like the wearing a mask and assuming that, you know, like couldn't like couldn't Jarvis have quickly detected that that was a fake Thing. Like I know that I know that current deep fake technology can already figure that kind of stuff out. So I, I had some issues with how Zemo's plot came to be in Civil War. I felt like it didn't quite work for me, but he was great. And on the, and I agree with Sam on the show. Mm. Gosh, uh, Daniel Bruhl, I believe is his name. Yeah, uh, who was also phenomenal in Rush, he which was. you made me see uh, so JT and, and really appreciate it. So like the actor, like the pick, um, good one. Do you have anybody else that you want to mention quick, Jer? Uh, yeah, you know what? Again, same similar thing. Great villain. I think flawed movie. Uh, I thought Ultron. I thought James Spader's Ultron yes, was great. Yes, yes, yes. That's my. That's the only one that I was going to bring up. Spader was so good. He was so okay. good. Flawed movie. Super flawed movie. But as a villain, I thought they could have done even more with Ultron. Like I thought it was yeah. so. so yeah. good. He had a lot of potential. They just kind of wasted it. Yeah. Especially with like access to all the robots in the world. He was lost. I thought <laughs> it would have been uh, interesting if they had actually kept it, like made him an issue in Civil War too. Like why not have him play out for longer and realize like this is a big issue. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Totally good. Who else you got, Jerry? Are you done? I'm done with the category. I think uh, too. JT, you're up for best... Duo. So we're going to do best duo. Um, 
Struggle bus, man. I'm really stuck between two. I got seven for you, so don't, no, 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 don't, no, no. I got. I can share. We can balance, load balance it a little bit. Oh no, I got plenty. There's two that I, I don't know which one I like the most because one is camp and one is like intent. I'm going to go with the one that I think is is better. You know, so, it's us. We'll let you. We'll let you do both at some point. But no, yeah, you I know. can well, hit that second one. That's I cool. think I. I don't know. I don't know if somebody else will get the second one. So I'm going to go starting with Far From Home, but it spans across a bunch of movies. Peter Parker or Tony Stark. Oh, nice. I never thought about that one. So Man. so there's a lot of very clearly buttoned up people, right? Like they duo intentionally, right? These two, I think their arc is the most interesting because you see this maturation of and this development of like what their relationship is from idol to friend to mentor to father. Like it's a really, really dynamic thing. And the two of them are so inherently reliant on each other in so many different parts in so many of the different movies that I just, they feel like inextricably bonded and that the other one can't exist the way they wind up existing. And the Tony Stark arc, I think clearly is like the, who he was in Iron Man one versus who he ends up being is the biggest transformation. I mean, that's a full, it's almost, it's like 178 degrees, maybe not 180 because he's still got a little bit of that old Tony in him. But a lot of that, I think, is shown through his relationship more so with Peter Parker than with Pepper Potts, with his own family, with the other Avengers. Like, you see who Tony became via his relationship with Peter. And it's really thoughtful. And I think it's really powerful. And it's not the most fun. I have way more fun ones, multiple of them. But I do think this is actually probably the best actual duo if I was trying to boil it down. Yeah. That's a great pick, buddy. I did not cross my radar. And I think it is far more valuable to the overall franchise as well as it is fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch everything from, you know, that wasn't a hug kid all the way to the, like to yeah. the, I don't want to go and things like that. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting uh, as a relationship. Cause there's not really many other like father, son kind of relationships. And I think it's, um, shows how Peter is like growing and needs a mentor and how Tony is able to be like a father and um, a mentor. So Sam, I have a question for you on this from your perspective and specifically as as a younger viewer, how did the sort of, how did the, what was the emotional impact to you of Peter, you know, dissolving in, in infinity war and then, you know, being the first person at Stark's side before he dies in Endgame, was it? Did you find it moving? Was it? Did it resonate? Did it touch you at all? Like, how was that? I can't really say it resonated because I never dissolved into dust. But well, that one time, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't remember. Same, but um, I think, yeah, I think it, it's definitely moving. Uh, like, you can you can tell how they both care about each other, and it's. Yeah, it's it's sad. All right. Especially especially how it's developed in far in uh, far from home, how like it wasn't just like he he lost like it's uh someone to guide him and he's just kind of not only far from home he's like lost in general. Yeah, well, it was I'd say he's like far from home. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's profound. No, no I, I, I like <laughs> I like what Sam's saying though because it is profound and most of. Because of him being a child 
it sets up the conversation differently than anybody else in the universe, right? If anybody else loses somebody, it's different. But Peter's the one truly still like impressionable human who needs to learn how to handle this stuff. Everybody else, you don't have that same capacity. At least I don't have the same compassion for, right? Except for like Hawkeye when they're like, oh God, this guy's got kids. But that's the only other time where I was like, oh, these people are people. That's right. Forgot. Right. <laughs> he's he's clearly still like grieving even when uh, Mysterio uh, tries to like, he, Mysterio kind of uh, uses the fact that Tony died yeah. uh, to his advantage. Yep. Yeah. True. All right, Sam, it is your turn. What is your favorite duo? My favorite duo, uh, you haven't seen it yet, but it's Shang-Chi and Katie uh, from Shang-Chi. Uh, they, I won't give away much, but I like they have a really good like friendship and there's a lot of good things about it between it that they're not uh love interests and I like that. Uh and they they come from like very different places, but they became like the closest of friends and they're like how they became friends is elaborated on in the movie. I think it's it's a as as the other person on the cast who's seen the movie. I think it's a it's a great pick. There, it's a well developed friendship, and that's. I, I think that's something that movies. It's hard to do that in movies, right? Like friendships mm-hmm. mostly are basically like instant romances mm-hmm. or like bro out or whatever. And I think in this case, it feels very authentic. It feels it reminds me of friendships I had in my early twenties. It reminds oh, nice. me of those like. Your friends because this thing happened and this is the thing you guys do together, you know, whether it's going for shawarma or whatever your shtick is. And I think they rep- they, it's very, very well written as like real people in this bizarro MCU <laughs> time. Yeah, and they're not always like able to be there for each other. They clearly are mad at each other at some times and like... Yeah, there, there's some more, but <laughs> I can't say much. I, I, you know, I appreciate you not spoiling it for me because I am excited to see this. Like when we create extra editing work for JT, he gets a little mad at me as a friend, but <laughs> but we're still friends, so you know we we managed to get past it. Exactly. Uh, okay, I am next. I I struggled here again, just to more narrow it down, and sort of in that balance of did I want to go with like cute, fun, silly versus like serious, etc. So I don't really, I never ended up with any one really strong conviction thing. So I think we should actually compare all our notes at the end of this. So I think I'm going to pick where I went to whimsical. I'm going to actually pick a movie that is not one of my favorites. I felt that Rocket and Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 Mm. have such great action together. And they are such a wonderful combination both the the voices acting style as well as what they do in their scenes together. And it's not that long. It's all, you know, they probably are on four main scenes together, but it's so much fun to watch. And if I were ever in the make a highlight reel of GOTG two, just to rewatch, I would leave all of their stuff on screen together for that entire rewatch. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I basically, so I think it's a great pick. Um, and just to, we'll jump into like sort of the other ones that were in that same category, right? So like I think clearly the like the simple one is 
you know, would be Rocket and Groot, which is the only other somewhat father-son relationship that happens during Baby Groot, but it's not the same, obviously. Right. Uh, basically, anyone that Rocket's with is funny. Yes. Like, all, all the time. Um, the other one from Guardians that I thought is good is, is Groot with Drax. <laughs> like, they have, like, the dancing yeah. scene at the end of one, and then just, like, the weird banter in two. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. It's tough because there is a lot of camp. Because there's a lot of camp right. with the duo stuff. Right. Is there anybody else that you guys said? If we're uh, still going on GOTG2, I think that Drax and Mantis is not the best, but it's interesting how, like, Thanos did kill his wife and children in front of him. It's pretty, like, horrible. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially with, like, how Mantis can, like, feel emotions. She's not an amazing character, but... It's interesting. I also think that how Yondu and Rocket, uh, their friendship is also based on like trauma, which is just kind of interesting. Like all of the Guardians have had some bad stuff happen to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Jerry, who else you got? All right, my other quick light picks. Um, I actually thought Ned and Peter in Homecoming did really, really well together. Their balance was really nice. Um, also from Shang-Chi, I thought Shang-Chi and his uh, sister, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, Zhu Xiaoling, I believe it's, is, is how it's said. They have some great interactions that, again, sort of seem very real sibling-y. You know, that, I, that like, and, and I, of course, have Thor and Loki and Ragnarok, but in a very yes. different kind of way. Yeah. Um, my, last, my last note was I actually felt... Everett Ross, who's Martin, played by Martin Freeman, and Shuri in Black Panther do a nice interplay with each other. And the way <laughs> she, she, I mean, she has the best liners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like the way she's ordering, like what I like about it in particular is the way she, this is why I think she's just like dynamite for the MCU in the future. The way she's ordering him around, and he's like an accomplished soldier and a CIA agent, and he's done all this stuff. And she's like, sit down and fly this drone thing. And like, like she's ordering him around. And he's just like, okay, let's go. You know, it's it's well done. We actually just talked about that character this week. I forgot that he existed. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. How about you, JT? What else do you have? I think that, yeah, I mean, there's I have a bunch of other little ones. The only one that I think is really worth noting, though, is, is um, Loki and Loki and Thor, specifically in... Uh, in Ragnarok, there, there's a couple scenes where they just really finally hammered home like brothers to me. Yeah. Like that elevator scene when he's like, let's do the get help thing. Like the get help scene is so funny. Like it's such a, such a funny scene. I think about it often with that movie. I also just love Ragnarok. Uh, another one I just thought of right now is uh, Mobius and Renslayer from Loki. From the series. From, from the, the series. series. Yeah. Trying yeah, not to good. focus too much on the series, but still. I like how it's kind of about betrayal and they are not, they were friends, but then they become not friends. Uh, and it's kind of all about the lies that the TVA created. Yeah. No, that's nice. good. That's really good. All right. Let's, uh, let's round it out. So we're going to go, I think this is the perfect one to end on. We're going to end on the funniest moment or gag. And we're going to start with Sam. So Sam, what was your, what do you think is your top funniest moment or gag from the MCU to this point? I'd say it's uh, Drax's uh, race taking everything literally. 
It just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing gets over my head. I'm too tall. I'm too tall. I'd catch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batista's great. There's another. Um, what's the other one? There's a great scene that he improvised where they're they're like yelling about. Who is Gamora? Where is Gamora? Why? Who is Gamora? Why and he Gamora? goes, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? Which was, yeah. Batista was like improving that, which is very impressive. And also that's just Drax being like literal and crazy, which is hysterical. Yeah, it's a great pick. I love Drax. Yeah. Nice. Um, I actually had to get help in my list. If I really had to pick just one though, I'm going to go with the... Um, reveal that they did not actually need the leg in Guardians of the Galaxy, the fake leg. And he yeah. just wanted to see if he'd go get him. And he starts like <laughs> this whole banter, like, what do you look like? All hopping around. And yeah. the way uh, Bradley Cooper's laughing, like yeah. it's just so well done. Like they're laughing with the audience and, and it's, it's just a clever, I mean, that movie's full of humor, so but that much. moment in particular was like just up that last notch for me. Yeah. yeah. GOTG has like some of the best gags. Yeah, I would agree. All right, so because I'm going last, I'm going to do two because I can, uh, because I'm stuck between two, and th- these are literally like a tie for me. Go for um, it. So one is the original Iron Man thruster scene, which is technically two scenes, but that very first time when he's like 10% thrust and he just launches himself into like into the wall, and then the dumb robot comes over and sprays him with <laughs> with that- like way too late. The timing of that scene is so good comedically. And then they That's bring it. That's a great pick, buddy. And they bring it back later because then he goes to do it again, and he does the "If you spray me and I'm not on fire, I'll donate you to a community college or whatever." He says, "Like yeah. that's really good." The other one, which I actually think is my favorite, no surprises from Ragnarok. The when Hulk comes out and Loki's terrified, and Thor is so excited, like the balance of those two, or the lack of balance between those two reactions. And then Thor, who I think Chris Hemsworth was so good and so like his comedy chops in that movie were so great. When he screams, he's a friend from work. I just so think good. it's like such a good yeah. little moment. Like that's it's genuinely making me laugh now. I just think that's so good. And Loki's terrified, like terrified. Yeah. So it's like that's a good gag because you're seeing these two brothers in completely different like in the same universe in completely different places, having a completely different reaction. Like it really was polarizing. It was showing you just how different these two were, even though they came from the same place, which is great. Especially with how great the Hulk scene is. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. That whole, that whole scene is so good. Did you have any other comedy moments for us, Sam? I've got a couple of little backups in my notes here. I'd say just Ant-Man itself is just really funny. Uh, especially the time in, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp where uh, Hope says this is my favorite hiding spot I hide, I hit here every time uh, when we played hide and seek and Ant-Man is just like do you know how hide and seek works right? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's a good poll. I had one from Ant-Man also. I had uh, basically I thought the shtick where Luis is talking giving a narrative and it's over and other people are like sort of lip syncing to his patter. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun. Uh, I also have basically everything Spider Man says during the Civil War battles. Do you ever see that old movie, Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get help, and basically everything Korg's, I mean, every line of dialogue Korg has is a joke. Yeah. 
but the last one I had was uh, from Captain Marvel, where Goose vomits the Tesseract at the very end. <laughs> yeah. And just sitting on, and he's like, just like, the, the, I mean, Goose is a great character, but like that particular was just a great little moment. Yeah. So the, I have a couple, like a couple other ones that I thought were great. Uh, so Tony Stark's line, it's just a couple one-liners when he says, honestly, until this exact second, I thought you were Build-A-Bear to Rocket. Still <laughs> makes me laugh so hard every time. Um, when Falcon was explaining the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer, and he says a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat, which is, that, yeah, that just really makes me laugh. Uh, and then the entire uh, Calicus to Doctor Strange, when he goes, Mr., and he goes, Doctor, and he goes, Mr. Doctor, and he says, it's strange. And then he says, maybe, who am I to judge? That is absolutely brilliant comedic writing. Like, that is Agreed. so well-written. That's so well-written. Really good. Not much of a gag, but like just as someone who loves comedy and comedy writing, like that's so impressive to even come up with that is so good. Uh, there's a bunch of other little stuff too. But those are the ones I'm going to land on. Those are the ones. I'm yeah, gonna I, I will say that MCU in general, and I know they they get a lot of flack for it actually, is because they sort of tone down the dramatic moments with comedy, but the humor writing, the one-liners. I mean, the, the the one bit between Gamora and Nebula with like him. Well, the other choice was a tree or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Like, yeah. there's a lot of really really clever bits. So whoever comes in and spruce up the dialogue or whatever, however they make that all work, uh, it's very very well done. Yeah, it's really 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 good. All right, boys, that is our randomized top five of MCU. We definitely are going to come back and do more Marvel. Um, Jeremy, you and I have circled around this for the entire time of this. Like this has been one of the first lists where it's like, well, we can't just do it. And now they're releasing all these new ones. Uh, Sam, it is a pleasure to have you. Is there any, anything that you want to add before I make you disappear, which I can't do, which we've established. Hmm. Uh, I got one for you, Sam. What, what, what upcoming MCU movie or even TV show? What, what thing that's coming that, that has been announced so not speculative, but announced thing are you most excited about? Pick one only, please. That's good. Uh, so only announced, nothing else? Correct. Okay, so uh, I can't say like Spider-Man, but I'd say... Hmm. Probably uh, Loki season two. Oh, Oh, that's right. just exciting. And uh, Fantastic Four, for sure. Unannounced. Unannounced. Yeah, but. Hinted that. I really thought you were going to say that Doctor Strange. Uh, I didn't I didn't think that counted because it's like in production and all that stuff. It's like. Yeah, but that's announced. Yeah, well, then Doctor Strange. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my last question for both of you without getting into anything, don't get into detail, but Shang-Chi does it, it without giving numbers. If we were doing a top five Marvel movie, does that, is that movie in contention for either of you or both of you? In contention for sure. Okay. Like a hundred percent. Same answer. It's, I, I would say it's the most different take on an origin story we've seen in a while. Yeah. Okay. And I mean from a story, I don't even mean just because it's Asian actors or, or different heroes that we don't know much about. The way they do the storytelling, I think, is it's a it's just a diversion. Like, I was talking about this with someone the other day. Like, 
Doctor Strange is a rehash of Iron Man. I love it. I have no problems with it. I love Doctor Strange. That was with me. Was it with, that was us talking, yeah. We talked <laughs> we talk about this quite a bit, you know. Um, this one, you couldn't say that is true about it. It's its own thing in so many different ways. Uh, and I'm curious once you see it, what, what your take is. But it's definitely a cont- it would definitely be a contender. I don't think it would actually make my final top five. If push, if, if push came to shove. If, if I was recording it, you know, for the internet to hear and be able to listen to and I never be able to take it back, I don't think I, I, I don't know that it would make top five. But it's re- it would be it would take some thoughts. I need a rubric. Yeah, I'm sure, well, I'm sure you do. It's also unfair because unlike all the other ones, you've seen it once. And so, you know, True. I I tend to like my top five moves heavily in all of these after like a second and third rewatch of stuff that I actually care about. Although there's a couple of these movies that I I don't know that I'd go back and see again, but that's okay. So that being said, uh, next week it's my turn to pick, and in honor of Sam, I'm going to pick. We're going to go through our top five high school movies Ooh. Be- because I've not been in high school for quite some time. Jeremy's not been in high school for longer, and Sam's in high school. And for so, one day. for what? Hey, it was a good day. You look great. It sounds like you had a good time. I'm sure you're enjoying every second of it. <laughs> yeah, every second. <laughs> I said every kid ever. Yeah, I said every kid ever. Well, I hope you enjoyed every second of this podcast. I know we did. Uh, please follow us. If we miss stuff, I, you know, I'm sure we missed some things. I, I, end credit scenes. I feel good about side characters. I feel like there's fodder. So come at us on Twitter, uh, but most importantly, rate us, share with your friends, have a good time, and we'll see you out there on the YouTube.